1: What the hell is up, guys? Uh, this is Jose Galison. You're watching No Way Jose. You can find my No Way Jose YouTube channel, all the major odd podcasters in Odyssey as well. Uh, normally, how this works, you guys are here today. No, this is clearly a live stream, but normally the way my content works, I will record it and then release it roughly about a week later. I say record, but it's actually I do a live stream for my patrons. If you want to be look at that early, you got to be a patron at patreon.com. It's No Way Jose 2020. Lowest levels, two bucks. That gets you the early episodes. High highest levels, 20 if you want to go so far as being a sponsor. My sponsors are Mikkel Thorpe of The Expat Money Show. Also, has Jeremy he was an Etsy store, etsycom shops, just raising liberty. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Jeremy Rhymes. And my co host of Tower Gang, which is an offensive comedy podcast, not to be mixed up with the tenor of this podcast. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Tower Gang Toad. Also have Zach Overacker at Z-O-V-E-R-A-C-K on Twitter. If you follow him. I also have Lindsay or that hanger. Actually, now she got nuked off uh, TikTok, but she's that. Uh, damn it. Lindsay OKC is what she is. She does a uh, fucking, she does a lot of OKC content on TikTok. Glad someone's doing that because I have zero desire to be on TikTok. But some people like that stuff. So, you know, whatever. If that's your thing, go check it out. She's doing good content there. I've checked it out also have Matt, and all he ever said he wanted me to say was he reps the 219 and raise hell, praise Dale. And I also have my buddy, Mutual, on Twitter, at AbrogateDs. With that, uh, we've done enough grifting. Actually, one more thing. Make sure you go to TopLobster.com. You can Jose check it out for 10% off. You can get my Terrence Heakey didn't kill himself shirt. Uh, and my buddy uh, it's so aptly, uh, Tyler Yankee over at Liberian Podcast Review, said Jose didn't kill himself. Yes, if I do wash up... Uh, dead somewhere under weird circumstances i didn't kill myself i just want to let you guys know that with that let's get our guests in here and do our royal rumble of our trans rights under attack this is gonna be nasty guys they're gonna get into it actually i don't know i, I think we'll have a good uh good fair discussion i've seen and I, I know dave can do both and i've seen uh, charles uh, charles cock or other guests uh cock or coke i don't fucking know uh, and uh he's he's very 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 i think he's a uh, pretty fair i think he's a uh, you know argues in good faith but we'll see we'll see how this goes let's bring in our first one Davey. what's up my man
2: what's up brother how are, are you man
1: good good you ready to uh debate an anonymous uh twitter avatar
2: <laughs> yeah but that's hey for the record i never i never argue like uh i you said i can do both but as long i i always go respectful if people are respectful and i think uh our friend charles here is is that type too
1: Yes, I do, too. I think uh, a lot of people are expecting a drag-out fight. I don't think that's what it will be, but I don't know. Either way, whatever, good content for me. If you guys want to argue, make it nasty. You're just, okay, have trying. Fun. You're
2: just trying to get your views up. You're like, <laughs> if you guys want to just like go crazy aggressive, do it.
1: Yeah, I'm just going to whisper insults, uh, hope that maybe you guys think it was the other one. <laughs> All right. Charles, uh, you're going to go ahead and introduce yourself, because I know the audience may not be as familiar with you. I know most people know Davey. Uh, go ahead, bud.
3: Yeah, I'm uh, Charles G. Koch of Wichita, Kansas, and I am honored to be here. I am a libertarian in the left-wing radical tradition of Lysander Spooner, Marie Rothbard, Carl Hess, Sam Konkin, Dana Rohrabacher, so on and so forth, uh, and I'm, I'm just really honored that Dave is taking time out of his day to argue with a cartoon wolverine in a suit, <laughs> And one day I'm going to take my grandkids to the Dave Smith presidential library and I'll be able to say, <laughs> Hey, I kind of knew this guy. <laughs>
1: the fact wears off after time, you know, once you get to know him, I'm just kidding. I love Dave still, but uh, uh, yeah, a... <laughs> but uh, yeah, you guys, uh, you guys ready to get into it? Uh, the, yep, sure. Yeah, we're doing, uh, I'm going to let Charles kind of lead the way because as we were talking before, it's kind of an open-ended question. Like, what do you even mean? So I figure it's only fair. Let Charles take the lead. He's kind of an enemy territory here. Uh, also, we know uh, Dave's record when it comes to debates. So, well, I just
2: when you're <laughs> if you're having a debates on trans rights and it starts out with a plug for Tower Gang, yeah, you've come in you've come into the lion's den. So, nothing but respect to you, Charles, if that is your real name.
3: Thank you. Yeah. All yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. So, I guess first I do want to say I am a little bit more optimistic now than I was even a couple weeks ago on this issue, just because the court seemed to have been being, uh, to me, startlingly good. Uh, but nonetheless, I think certainly like the, the one, there's a the question of how successful will an attack? Will the attack ultimately be? Uh, but then the question, are they under attack? I think it's pretty straightforward. Yes. In terms of, trans rights. And by that, I mean the kinds of rights that libertarians should have reason to care about just applied to trans people. Uh, so first of all, uh, we talk a lot about the bans on gender affirming care with like kids, but it is worth noting that, uh, a lot of these bans are attempted, attempted bans are going well beyond just like what anyone would call a kid, uh, the they're kind of using a your brain doesn't fully develop till you're 25 type excuse. In a lot of these states to push bans that go up to 26. Uh, notably, uh, some of the even the ones of those that have passed end up getting uh, knocked down by the courts so far, which is part of what I was saying at the beginning there. But it is very much the case that they're trying the, the by they I obviously mean uh, the. Concerted effort to uh, push these kind of laws have been trying to push it as far as they possibly can. Uh, obviously, the the stuff with kids is a lot more politically popular, but it's going as far as it possibly can. There have been also, by the way, I'm just kind of trying to hit some bullet points here because there are like 170 laws that were proposed just last year relating to trans people, and then 180. Uh, so far this year, uh, relating to trans people. Uh, so it's hard to really like go through and seriously, uh, dig in deep with any one of them. So I'm just hitting some bullet points, very happy to talk about any of them, uh, further. So again, serious attempts at going up to 26 years old, uh, sometimes using existing laws in kind of fishy ways so in Missouri there was an attempt to use uh consumer protection acts uh things like that also uh not all of the the attempts here have been directly just a bill that says we're banning uh care so for example in Florida so like 80% of trans people were getting their hormones etc from nurse practitioners And they banned nurse practitioners from being able to uh, prescribe and administer, et cetera, and get people uh, hormones, things like that, which functionally bans it for like 80% of trans people. And then they put a pause on it, uh, on any change in dosage for people, even with like a normal, like a full MD doctor. Uh, So there's that. Uh, There's also kind of like indirect workarounds. So for example... In Oklahoma, there's an attempt to uh, to ban any medical establishment that's taking any kind of federal money from uh, do, doing various kinds of like trans care, which obviously libertarian like federal money. You don't want that in the first place. But as we all know, with the way that they raise the uh, drinking age in Louisiana, there's ways of like tying federal funding to things and making through kind of indirect Bans. Uh, there's also the drag bands that are typically phrased in such ways that places where a minor could be present doesn't even need to actually have a minor present. Just the fact that a minor could be present uh, is enough. It's a live question, I think, whether this functionally bans certain kinds of like pride parades. Right. Um, will it'll be interesting this month to see how that ha- goes through. There's also stuff like the Florida uh, bathroom bill where uh, functionally anybody can, if they decide that uh, someone doesn't seem like they're a cis person of the relevant uh, gender, that they can just get the cops to come and pull them out of the bathroom and submit them to very humiliating, uh, humiliating genital checks, more or less. Uh, to, to see if they are like who they say they are and on the understanding of uh, the person who is uh, got, pulled the cops over to come, come look at them. Uh, so there's that. Uh, and then obviously the biggest assault here, which is the biggest, there's obvious reasons for this, but the biggest assault here has been on trans kids and their parents Uh, And I know I want to emphasize and their parents that the extent to which this is framed in terms of parents' rights is very much uh, instrumental to whatever seems to uh, do the most damage to trans people. Uh, So in Texas, for example, there was a lawless order. I don't know what else to call it than that. It's not even a change in the actual law, just an order claiming that existing uh, child abuse law criminalized the basically all people uh, allowing their children to trans to transition to the extent that 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 kids do transition and not only that to put it in jeopardize jeopardizing their relationship with their cisgender children as well because the thought is well if they're a child abuser then you may as well get all the kids out of the house right uh, and this has caused a big, big problems for a lot of people in Texas. There's also the, the bill in Florida that uh, is almost certainly unconstitutional. And so I'm pretty optimistic about this. But the idea is that if, a, if there's a parent's uh, divorce, et cetera, et cetera, and one is in some state where uh, they, their kid would be allowed to start taking puberty blockers or whatever else, um, and, uh, the, there's a parent in Florida that uh, they can have an emergency order to take the, the kid away from the parent they want to be with, uh, and bring them back to Florida. Uh, this seems pretty obviously bad for a lot of reasons. And then there's also, uh, the law in Florida, uh, requiring, uh, schools to basically out, uh, trans kids to their parents and gay kids as well um to not allowing them to uh accept accept the kid the kids uh, own gender description etc cetera, etc cetera. um and I could go on but I won't because I've already been talking for quite a bit um but I do think also it is worth saying um that and I'm very happy to talk more about it but including the the bans on actual gender affirming care, uh, which generally speaking is not going to be, like, sur- which is not going to be surgeries for very young kids, but uh, other kinds of uh, other kinds of care. But bans on that in all sorts of states, both Dakotas, Oklahoma, Alabama, etc. Uh, very significant, um, very significant restriction of liberty to ban a ban care that most mainstream medical associations that are not made up of political appointees uh, tend to recommend. We can have all sorts of complaints about major medical associations that I'm probably going to agree with. Uh, But it seems like a good rule of thumb that if major medical associations, associations say that something is good care, you should at least be allowed to do that for a libertarian it seems like that's pretty straightforward, that you don't want to be more restrictive than major medical associations. Um, And I guess that's kind of where I want to end it. I will say um, it is worth noting that uh, the main uh, pushers of this are not primarily uh, interested just in uh, kids. So, for example, Matt Walsh has very explicitly said that he thinks that this should be, that uh, gender-affirming care should be illegal at all ages. Um, Jordan Peterson has similarly said things about uh, criminal doctors for the very much an adult uh, Elliot Page and his transition. Um, these, I, w- I think we would agree that those are not fringe figures. Similarly, Michael Knowles Uh, saying wanting to eliminate transgenderism from public life. And I don't want to get into any kind of semantic argument about what that means. But the very much, the very least, it does seem to say, uh, not seem, does say uh, wanting to eliminate transgender uh, to eliminate people being trans from public life, whether what exactly you wanted or the method of doing that. If it's just banning care, that's still, I think, pretty, I think, I, th- I think we would agree pretty extreme violation of liberty. Again, not a fringe figure being boosted by uh, Matt, Walsh, Matt Walsh, for example, being regularly boosted by someone who goes back and forth from being the richest man in the world. I think this is a Elon Musk, this is a very serious um, push against trans liberty now, again, whether or not it's going to be successful, I am getting more optimistic that it's not going to be, but they are certain, but it's certainly the case that trans rights are under attack, uh, and it's not, at the very least, not a foregone conclusion that that attack won't be successful, and I think it's important to talk about it for that reason, because these are pretty crazy, extreme, rapidly e- escalating, rapidly accelerating uh, restrictions on kinds of liberties that i think any libertarian should care about no matter what they think about trans people in general so all right oh, what i want to say
1: okay all right uh i'll let you take as long as you want dave uh you i think you have a little bit of advantage here because he threw a ton at you so you can kind of hone in on what you want to and we can go back and forth i do want to remind people i will likely take questions towards the end uh, i would suggest super chatting because there's so many damn state uh chats it's hard to keep track of i mean if i see a good one i'll try to remember. But uh, I suggest giving me money (laughs) if you want that. (laughs) Uh, But there might uh, be an
2: incentive issue there, but okay, sure.
1: (laughs) A little bit. It's also, it does make it easier for sorting questions. But, anyways, um, that's true. Yeah. But, uh, all right, Dave, uh, the floor is yours.
2: All right. Well, I don't know if it's an advantage to have so many things thrown at me because I uh, look, we can go through like kind of, uh, you know, it's it's tough to respond to every one of these these uh, proposals. But it does seem like what uh, a lot of what's getting thrown at me is uh, this law could potentially do this. And there's this proposal to do this. And this maybe in the worst case scenario. This could result in that we can kind of dig down deeper into a little bit of this as we have this conversation. Um Let me try to zoom out a little bit and kind of give my my take on this. Number one, I hate the term trans rights. Um, And I don't hate that for because I hate trans people. I just hate that it's in in a sense. I don't think libertarians should use the term. Um, I think that in the same way I'm like I'm very comfortable using the term gun rights because no one is confused about what that means. There is nobody in America who thinks if you say you believe in gun rights, that means that, I don't know, the government ought to provide you with a gun or something like that. I would not advise libertarians say, I believe healthcare is a human right, even though I, in a sense we technically do, uh, but – You're going to give a false impression and about ninety five percent, probably more than that of people who use the term trans rights are not referring to what libertarians mean by rights. They're referring to all types of positive rights. And I think that even though you started by saying, uh, well, I'm just talking about what libertarians mean in terms of rights, you also kind of got into People who you say aren't fringe figures demonizing trans people and things like that. And when you ask people, it seems like this to me is what what's really going on here is like there's these separate areas that almost have to be parsed out. And the major debate in the country right now is not over whether someone has a right to call themselves what they want to and live their lives the way they want to. Um, And I don't, we can talk about what proposals have been enacted, but if we want to actually talk about how much that's been cracked down on, I don't really, we can get into that. Um, The major debate seems to be over uh, children um, transitioning over children uh, having, as you referred to it as gender affirming care, which I think is a, a ridiculous misleading euphemism on the level of calling abortion you know uh um reproductive rights it's like it, it that's that you're you're assuming your position is correct with the term and obviously gender affirming care would be something different to lots of different people i think that the idea of children uh transitioning in whatever way we want to the different levels of that i think there's uh discussions about um uh bathrooms and women's sports, and women's areas, to me, that those are not in any way natural rights. And in fact, there's very strong arguments for why there should be rules against those, even from the anarchist perspective. But I think that one of, the, this kind of reminds me, when you say trans rights are under attack or something like that, look, I'm, I'm an anarchist. Everyone's rights are under attack to some degree or another. I mean, like, we, we live under the biggest government in the history of humanity. It, it, in a sense, like, there's, I don't know. I had to get uh, permission from my town to build a garden, to put a fence up around my garden. A stoplight is a violation of, of rights in some ways. Uh, like, yes, I'm not saying there's absolutely no way that you could conceive of trans rights being under attack. But this kind of reminds me, of a tendency from a lot of left libertarians who were like really appalled by say Ron DeSantis uh, when he was banning private um, uh, COVID restrictions, like banning private mask mandates and banning private vaccine mandates, um, which I think I would agree. And I think most libertarians would agree is not consistent with libertarianism and is, is something we wouldn't support. However, I think it was Milton Friedman. He had the saying, it was something like, I think you're uh, seeing the hole in the barn and missing the barn. Like, it's like there, there were these left libertarians who were like hyper focused on this overreach in his reaction. And it's like, okay, fine. But the real story here was the vaccine mandates to begin with and the mask mandates to begin with. And this is a reaction. Now, of course, left wingers and right wingers are all statists of different varieties. So none of them are ever going to come up with like a perfect response to the other one. But the real story here is that this this transgender ideology is being pushed on the country in an in insane way. And most of these state governments that you're talking about are trying to deal with that fact. I mean, one of the rules you brought up is that you have to inform parents before you just start socially transitioning their kids. I mean, I don't know what what the, the problem from a libertarian perspective of that is. Then these are not like, this whole ideology that's being pushed on people is not coming from some organic free market it's coming from like college universities which are essentially a government program whether or not they're directly funded by the government the loans are all backed up by the government it's coming from uh hollywood who i think as we found out during COVID, is in effect the mouthpiece for the establishment it's coming for from the politicians themselves from the big financial institutions, from the, you know what I mean? Like this is, there, there's nothing about this that is like an organic uprising. And this is the reaction to that. I think that um, we, we can get into kind of, I almost think it's important to kind of get into like what we actually believe about this issue. But the idea that there's there's this now reaction to this crazy new trend that is different from anything else we've kind of seen that has exploded um, in the last few years, to say that, hey, we're, children are now being like indoctrinated into this radical new view that we did not have in our society for my entire life, my father's entire life, my grandfather's entire life, all of this. And now there's there, there are these state governments that are trying to say, hey, what can we do about this? Like, can we in some way say that, like, yeah, kids are not like allowed to make irreversible permanent elective decisions until a certain age can we say that like oh okay yes biological men can't come in and just destroy every women's sports record to me none of this is is, uh in conflict with libertarianism and i don't see any reason why libertarians have to jump on this latest fad and um go along with this modern religion that seems to demand more than any other religion in our society today. So I, I'll, I'll, that'll be my opening. Uh.
1: All right. Uh, I think uh, it'd be appropriate since we had two long openings. We'll do probably somewhere in the realm of like five minutes and I'll try to cut you guys off if you do sure. for two more responses. And then we'll kind of go more of like a back and forth that feels appropriate. So Charles, if there's anything you want to address in there, now would be your time. You have roughly five minutes. I'll cut in and, uh, Try not to be a dick about it. Stop you at a good spot if uh, you get to a little bit over it. But go ahead.
3: Yeah, so I do want to kind of reiterate the things that I'm talking about are like actual laws, the actual uses of state force, uh, not uh, just the I have noticed. I have not really uh, put, mentioned uh, just the overwhelming uh transphobia as a force except uh to talk except when i'm talking about the way in which that is feeding the push to criminalize uh trans care and things like that um, um when i'm talking about trans rights being under attack the thing that i'm talking about is trans people's rights being under attack regardless of what other people mean by that that's what i have in mind uh, and i do want to I would I would highly recommend someone who is listening to the recording of this to go back after they hear me say this and listen to Dave's statement again and try to like count the number of things that he mentions that are actual rights violations in terms of uh, when he says, well, these state governments are pushing back against uh, this this. Uh, Threat, some kind of government push or whatever, and also concretely, what things that he pointed to are instances of actual government push, in which way, in a way that he actually spells out how that is being done. Um, I see no evidence that uh, the. I I think the the way in which someone might think that this is uh, that the. Great increase uh, in people transitioning, etc., cetera, is a function of a government push is only if they're, respectfully, if they're only if they're kind of aware of uh, trans people as an issue over the last like five years, maybe, and seeing, for example, uh, schools reacting to a massive increase of interest among young people, things like that. Um, I do not, I would be, I would love to see concretely wh- uh, how, why Dave thinks that this is, um, being pushed rather than s- something that is following that. I, I also want to note the just total that, that the, the narrative and questionnaire kind of relies on just minimizing trans people's agency of over their own lives. And I don't mean, I mean, literally like not seeing them as making their own decisions at a, like really fundamental level for example talking about informing parents about whether they will be socially transitioning their child notice that there the way that sentence is structured is as if the school is transitioning the child rather than the child is socially transitioning and the school is choosing to accept or not accept that we wouldn't say for example in the 60s or 70s, that uh, the school is giving your child a black boyfriend to, a white, to white parents or something like that. The question would be whether or not the school is accepting the interracial relationship or something like that. And I understand that a lot of parents are very uh, hostile to the idea of their, their child socially transitioning, etc., but in, fundamentally, the decision being made is by the, is by the child themselves. The question is whether uh, the, the school should be outing the child or whether uh, the school uh, can or cannot like passively accept the, the child's own agency. Uh, so th- I just wanted to reiterate that. But again, I, I would love to hear Dave explain, why he thinks that the libertarian position should be to be more restrictive on uh, actual uh, medical freedom than the the mainstream, not politically appointed uh, medical medical uh, associations. Now, I, again can think of great reasons to be against the major medical associations the ama itself is fundamentally a rent-seeking thing
1: but have about 30 more seconds but right
3: yeah but we at the very least we should not be more restrictive than them. and again i would love to hear some actual concrete things about actual violations of people's rights and government policy rather than just the vague sense of holy shit there's so many trans people now which is respectfully what I more or less heard in in Dave's opening statement.
2: All right,
3: perfect, on to you.
2: Um, Okay, that might be what you heard, but I was just giving my opening statement kind of a broad view of this stuff. Okay, let's get into some more of the specifics. So yes, to be clear, I I didn't say the libertarian position is to be more restrictive on these things. I think the libertarian position ought to be that there should be no restrictions on what adults do. Let adults make their decisions with with doctors and and that's fine. And the libertarian position is also that college universities should be completely defunded. There should be no guaranteed loans. There should be no more state colleges. the, uh, The American Psychiatric Association should be completely defunded. All of these things. I'm happy to live in a libertarian world and let the chips fall where they May, but let's get back to some of the things that you just said here. If you're asking why it is that I think that this issue is being pushed on kids, and it's not just kids who are themselves deciding um, to come out, it's because I'm living in reality. I mean, that's why, and this is a concerted effort. I don't know if you're like that, Charles. Let me just ask you very quickly, and then I'll finish my thing. Do you have kids?
3: Uh, no, but I am probably significantly younger than you.
2: No, I mean, I'm sure you are, but I also was 100% aware that you didn't have kids from the statement you made. If you think that little kids are the ones who are, like, bringing this idea to their teachers that they don't have to have, like, a gender and that gender is fluid, this is – there are – There's been millions of dollars spent just in New York City on drag queen story hours trying to kind of like insert this idea that gender is fluid into young children. They've had within New York City. I know this is also true in L.A. and San Francisco. They've done at public school these exercises where the black kids stand up on chairs and the white kids are told to sit down and the black kids then tell the white kids about how they've been oppressed and the white kids apologize to them. This transgender stuff is being led from the top top down. It's not that all of a sudden, like third grade is just like third grade was when I was in school. And a whole bunch of the kids started telling the teachers, you know, I've been thinking about gender fluidity and I don't actually identify as a boy. I think I'm something else. That's not what's going on here, dude. Like objectively, it is the, it is coming from the top down. These teachers, I know kids like in my family who in seventh grade algebra, they start the class by going around and asking them what their preferred pronouns are. And the problem, and this is why I ask whether you have kids, because I know Jose does, and I'm sure some of the people listening do. When you ask a young child about what they identify as, you're not just asking that question. You're giving them information. You're telling them that, hey, you can choose to be something completely different from what you are. And we're all gonna be really interested in that if you are that thing. And that's gonna give you like this extra specialness to you. This is what's led to the drastic rise in transgender kids. By the way, being transgender doesn't even mean what it meant a few years ago. This is nothing new. You said something about like, if you've only known about this for the last five years. Dude, I'm from New York City. I've known about trannies since I was eight. Like this isn't anything new. There's been transsexuals and 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 like since I was a kid, we, we, we all knew about them. You see them around and stuff. It's not a new thing. What's new is that this is now being celebrated, uh, um, introduced at extremely young ages. And the question is like what, uh, to a population who largely doesn't want this introduced to their kids Is that something that we ought to just like either ignore as you seem to be or just pretend that this is somehow an organic like bottom up movement? You know, by the way, transgenderism today doesn't even mean what a lot of people probably assumed, which would be like a man who wants to live as a woman or a woman who wants to live as a man. Today, it's like a chick in college, like some blonde chick who cuts half of her hair short and says she's a zer and continues to date boys just it's literally just because we've made like kind of victimhood currency and this is a way to get into like i'm in the lgbtqai plus whatever group that that's kind of what's going on here at least for a large percentage of them now i'm not even denying that there are people and i've known a lot of trans people in my life there are a lot of people who would have figured this out on their own and kind of like genuinely feel like they'd be happier living as the other uh um as the other sex but there's also other questions involved like look this is a religion huh it's a 30 seconds, keep going. My bad. Okay. So I'm just going to say this is this is a religion and it's a religion that's being pushed on kids. If any other religion like this was being introduced to kids, left libertarians would be completely against it. If Christianity was being introduced in the public schools the way this stuff is, you'd absolutely be saying this is a, a violation of the rights of the parents who don't want this. And let me just say this, I'll go a little, tiny bit over uh, Jose, just give me a little bit. That there's I'll allow it. <laughs> un, unlike some of these other religions, the demands of the transgender religion are go so far and above. It's not only like, look, you could be an atheist and someone else could say, well, I'm a Christian and I, I prefer to be a Christian, but the Christian doesn't insist that you participate in their views. And this transgender religion is demanding that you agree that it's real. You agree that trans women are women. You agree that this can actually happen in any objective sense. And, you know, I think libertarians, like I've said, we believe adults should be free, but I don't have to like I don't have to give up my belief in objective reality. And that's one of the demands of this whole new thing that is absolutely being pushed.
1: All right, let's uh, get into a back and forth. We let Charles set the tone at the beginning. I think it's only fair we start with Dave. Uh, whether you want that to be in the form of a question or however you want to start this conversation, that's up to you. Uh floor is yours, Dave. In a back and forth, so, okay, you know, so feel free to I'll, jump I'll, in where you can,
2: Charles. Sure. So let me, let me ask you, like, uh, okay. Um, do, you, do you think that it's wrong if uh, transgender women aren't allowed... Um, in women's locker rooms to compete in women's sports, to use women's bathrooms, whatever it might be. Do you think that's wrong? Uh, So let's say on, on that, we'll we'll probably both agree that on private property, they can do whatever they want. So let's say in public spaces.
3: Yeah. So I do want to say I, uh, the sports issue, I think has a lot of moving parts that I am not personally like well versed enough to have like really confident answers. I, I have like pretty, I, I tend to have pretty like tolerant, uh, like priors on that. It seems like, for example, people point out, oh, this one trans woman did it extremely well. And then you, it's just like, like, but if you actually look at like overall, there's quite a bit of trans women who don't do as well in women's sports. So I have, I have pretty lax priors about that, but I'm not going to go, uh, I'm not as confident on that question because admittedly, there's a lot of moving parts to that discussion that I'm not as well versed on.
2: So do you, you stuff, don't think it's wrong for there to be a rule to say that um, biological men can't compete in women's sports?
3: Um, I think you're asking like in principle. Yeah. Yeah. So in principle, I am open to some kind of, I, I don't, I think it would be bet. Uh, so suppose that the, most uh the 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 kind of uh empirical assumptions that would be like the strongest for the for the case you're making are true suppose that's true i I i'm not making any
2: empirical assumptions for the record
3: oh well i mean obviously you would have to because if there's no difference between trans women and, and cis women then there's obviously no issue
2: that's not an empirical assumption
3: yeah well why would it not be
2: I, biologically um, speaking, there's differences between men and women. I don't know what that's you mean.
3: Okay, so so it's an empirical assumption that, for example, uh, that post hormones, etc., that there is still a significant difference in terms of like uh, the benefits of someone that they might have had from being chromosomal male, right? Mm-hmm. That that's an empirical assumption. Maybe you think it's so obvious that it barely needs stating. But it is an empirical assumption, and so suppose that all of that is true. I still would not want it to be the case that uh, I think I think it's still non-ideal to think of it as like men's and women's sports, because obviously then we would have plenty of men in women's sports and plenty of women in men's sports. And so I, I don't think we'd have much of the latter. <laughs> I'm sorry. Say that again.
2: I don't think we'd have much of the latter. Well, I haven't, actually, heard, I haven't so, heard any so stories about women going in and just dominating. You no, know, so It's
3: funny you say that because uh, there, there is one case that sometimes gets thrown around. So I think I remember seeing a clip of Joe Rogan talking about this, and it's not clear he knew what was actually going on and what the case he's talking about, but a boy uh, who was just cleaning house in the like women's wrestling in Texas. I want to say it was Texas. I might be wrong about that. And there, and it's true. And uh, it's true that it was related to uh, trans athletics. um, And it's true that it's a boy in women's wrestling cleaning house. What people don't didn't seem to realize who were sharing the story. And I'm giving Joe Rogan the benefit of the doubt here. This is true of him is it was a trans boy who was cleaning house in women's wrestling because he had had uh he had had uh male uh hormones right so no no shit that he's going to be doing that well in in women's wrestling he did not want to be in women's wrestling he very much wanted to be in men's wrestling he was actively his parents were actively like suing the state trying to yes right so
2: you're saying this is a biological girl
3: the chromosomal female, yes and oh, okay. and it was and he so a woman
2: so a woman who was on testosterone was fucking up all of the other chicks. That's what you're telling me?
3: I'm telling you that a chromosomal female, a trans man, a trans boy. I, I'm was, sorry I, honestly,
2: I'm just getting confused by how many times we're saying this. Can you just agree even if you don't want to call this this, you're just a, a biological so person- woman or a bio? you started the the gender they were yep. assigned at birth is female she's on correct. a bunch of testosterone and she's fucking up other chicks that's correct the story? and she
3: very much did want it to not be
2: it almost seems like testosterone is a huge advantage in sports exactly. that's why it's banned in that's, cage fighting no no that's and,
3: that's exactly what i'm saying yeah but this is not that's my making
2: point. the point you think it is man this is not making uh, the so, point so, you think it is.
3: again again it's very funny that we're talking about this since i explicitly said that i am more agnostic on this question but the the exact you. point you're pressing on here is why I am agnostic uh, rather than just agreeing with you, which is that once you actually have had hormones, that's going to significantly change uh, a lot of the things we care about. now. But athletic. this is
2: but but here's why it's interesting to ask these questions, because it does kind of get you to see some the point of, I'm making. Yes, I do. Okay. I don't think you get the point that you're making and like w- respectfully. It does, it gets into some of these priors that I think a lot of people bring into these conversations. And so look, obviously, if if there's a man who's suppressing his testosterone or if there's a woman who's injecting herself with testosterone, no one's arguing that isn't going to have a, a huge effect what's interesting is that you can recognize the effect that that has like you can recognize that say a biological man who's now on estrogen is not is going to have a, a, a you know not fair competition with other men but you can't recognize that someone who's been a biological man their entire life and then at 22 transitions isn't going to have a, an enormous advantage over biological women in sports it it's, it's the same principle you're using, but such a larger gap. I mean, just take this to its logical conclusion. If LeBron, like, what does it even mean to be trans? You identify as it, right? So tomorrow, LeBron James says, "I'm a woman." You see, no, no issue with him competing in women's sports. Are we going to pretend like it's? I'm really I'm, I'm confused sorry, it's hard about to take why we're seriously. talking about the
3: issue. I said I'm most agnostic on.
2: Because you then went on to make a a bunch of points about it that I think led to this place. I I think like you said- I was just clarifying
3: why I was- Because
2: I want to ask a little bit about your- Yeah, but I think your clarification didn't make sense. Look, I want to ask a little bit about the priors because I think this does matter. I think that there's an interesting dynamic here where a lot of times uh, libertarians, particularly of the left libertarian variety, will say that there are these kind of discriminatory policies but in reality what it comes down to is you're saying the real question here is like should transgenderism be accepted should you should everyone be uh operate under the view that you are the opposite sex now that this is a real thing that a boy can become a girl or a girl can become a boy or a girl can become a Zer or whatever the newest term that we're just making up is. And then there's the other side of us who are saying, no, look, there are biological realities in the world. And so, you know, in the same sense that no one would argue that, or I don't think you'll argue, do you think it's at all controversial or wrong that there are men's and women's sports or men's and women's bathrooms or men and women's locker rooms? Like, is it wrong that just me as a man who doesn't identify as a woman that I'm not allowed in a woman's locker room. Is that a violation? Is that something that you're agnostic about? Or is that something that you go, no, that completely makes sense. That like if you go down to a government, whatever, you're not allowed in the woman's uh, locker room.
3: Yeah, that, that makes sense to me decently enough. But I, I do want to note really quickly, there was one thing in your, in your reply statement that I did want to say something about, which you said again here just now. Sure. Uh, which is about whether or not it's forcing people to accept um, trans people or whatever. However, you would want to phrase that. I don't know exactly how you would want to phrase that. Uh, but. I mean, I there is a sense in which we force people to accept other people's religions in a very minimal sense, which is we don't go around calling Muhammad Ali Cassius Clay all the time. Right. Uh, we Call him Muhammad Ali. We and people who are very atheist will still introduce a priest as father, whatever. Right? Those are kind of like minimal things about people's self-identification that we accept. Similarly, uh, people who are not um, who are not Catholic, um, nonetheless, they might have some reason to have like a, have that might make sense for them to want to get a priest to come talk to someone in a given case, like if they are on their deathbed or whatever. Now, are we forcing them to to say that they really believe in God with that? No. And there might be, there's all sorts of other contexts in which it makes sense that regardless of what you think at the end of the day, uh, that the social reality of how people are actually living their lives matters quite a bit, regardless of what you think about the way they're living their lives. Yeah, and I not mean,
2: I, I don't disagree Social with reality,
3: that. just really quickly, so sure, sure. really quickly, overwhelmingly, it's the case that, for example, if trans women are forced to use men's bathrooms, that they're going to be at significant risk. And there is realistically, extraordinarily minimal risk to a point that I myself was shocked by when I first started look, really looking into this. I, as someone with pretty much exactly the same priors that I have right now, honestly assumed that you would have a lot more cisgender men abusing trans-friendly bathroom policies than there actually is. Whenever you try to look for these cases, they're unbelievably difficult to find. And even the ones you see getting passed around, you look into them for like 15 seconds and it's just clearly not the kind of case that the person is pointing to. And, and so that kind of social reality, it's insane to me to not factor that in, in thinking about what bathrooms people should be using. That as a reality, having trans women using women's bathrooms just does dramatically decrease the, the risk of people being in serious danger. And so that I don't see how you I, don't I doubt it. I doubt
2: it's dramatically decreases. I think there's probably very rare that on either side, there's there's really an issue uh, with violence with the bathroom. But that's not been my claim that like this. is Now, I, I would say that we're embarking on a kind of bold new experiment here. And what is going to happen in the future? I wouldn't be particularly concerned with bathrooms. I think there is a legitimate concern in prisons. And there's actually been several cases now where men are trying to identify as women in order to get sent over to the women's prison, even in some cases where they've been sent over there, look, I don't know, they're probably not in large numbers, but it'll be interesting. I mean, if we set this precedent, then there's no reason why every, you know, like that this won't kind of open Pandora's box. But there's something kind of interesting there that there, it, it's not analogous to say calling Cassius Clay Muhammad Ali is the same thing as changing your pronouns because there comes along with it a different assumption. It's not just it, it's not. That you're just asking someone to call someone by their pronouns, which, by the way, most people do. Even the most hardcore kind of like right wing people, most of them in, in like social situations will call someone by their pronouns. Perhaps not if that person's being a jerk uh, to them. It's different to say. Just uh, quickly. Uh, I, I, well, hold on. Let me agree just. That this.
3: person would be being a
2: jerk. It depends on the context of that. But, yeah, if, if completely unwarranted, sure. I tend to think that that would not be nice. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, yeah. I mean, like if, if that person was like kind of started with you in some way, there might be a context where it's appropriate, but yeah, generally speaking, that's what I do. Like I call people by their preferred pronouns or how they present. I find it, a, I will say there, there's several caveats to it. I find it a little bit different. Like when sometimes there'll just be a guy with like a full beard in a dress and you're like, I don't know, you're not presenting well enough for me, but whatever. That's my own choice. Um, but a name is a social construct. Cassius Clay was just chosen for Muhammad Ali, and then he chose a different name. And the um, the claim of transgenderism is that also your sex was just assigned at birth, like as if a doctor just arbitrarily decided which one of my kids was a boy and a girl. Okay, but quick, that's a that's a very different thing. Quick, it's not me, true. That's based on objective reality.
3: Yeah. So regardless of that, you've agreed with me that. The social reality is that trans women are not realistically going to be a danger to cisgender women in women's bathrooms. And if that's the case, then doesn't it seem like a pretty egregious violation of trans women's liberty and trans men's liberty in a similar and relevant other case, even though that's not what we talk about as much, but isn't that a pretty egregious violation of their liberty to say that somebody, decides that they don't like this person who they're not getting a good sense of whether they're a cisgender woman or whatever in I, I this mean, bathroom. They can go call the cops to go pull this person out and inspect their genitals. Doesn't that seem I, like a okay, pretty egregious?
2: Th- yes, that – okay, so no. I do not think it's an egregious violation of their liberty. Why not? I do – Let me just finish my sentence. Um, But like what you just said, if they called the cops and came and inspected their genitals, yes, I would say that's an egregious violation of their liberty. Do you know of one case uh, in the country where that's happened?
3: Yeah. So look at the. It's a yes or no.
2: It's a yes or no. Has that ever happened?
3: Okay. so I have I have. Haven't looked into the case itself, but I the answer is no. The, the answer
2: is no. There has never been a case because every trans activist say, hold, say, hold on, hold no. on. Every Get trans on. activist would lead with this every single day. If once ever a trans person had been pulled out of a bathroom and had their genitals inspected, so yes, I agree with you that this hypothetical that has never happened would be an egregious violation of their liberty. Now, I don't think there'd be a big problem in terms of violence if the uh, trans were allowed in in the, the bathroom of their choosing. I also don't think there'd be some like crazy uptick in violence if men were allowed in women's bathrooms. But that's not really the question here. The question is whether we're talking about men's and women's homeless shelters, or we're talking about men's and women's sports, or we're talking about men and women's bathrooms. We all accept that there's discrimination there. We discriminate against men and we discriminate against women. We say there's one place for you and there's one place for you. And generally speaking, within reason, we all kind of accept that. And the question is why? Why do we accept that? Why is it that we keep men out of women's shelters? Is it because they identify as men? No, it's because there's biological differences between the sexes. That's why there's different that, that's why there's men and women's sports. That's why it's because of biological realities. And how you identify does not change those biological yeah, realities. So, any so, more than if sure.
3: So it's crazy that it does though it like observably in terms of the bathroom stuff and the shelter stuff is that you do not see for example people abusing trans-friendly policy to get it like you don't see cisgender men abusing those policies to get at women and if that's it so it's yeah yeah you keep pushing this uh well there's biological that's not the point i was making all right go ahead no, Real I'm, I'm quick, not saying I'm, saying I just want to say let this abuse, go, I'm couple, not saying men
2: will abuse the policies. I'm saying why is it okay that we discriminate on this basis? It's, it's a it's a completely different statement, and and the point is that what you're what you're the ask here. It's
3: okay it, because there's actual dangers to people, and when there's not actual dangers to people, then it's I'm not, not saying, okay.
2: I'm not saying it's okay. I'm not saying this has anything to do with dangers to people. My point, the, the truth is the dangers in terms of the bathroom thing is very low to begin with. It's almost like it doesn't even register statistics. By the way, the but,
3: Florida bill, I looked it up. It does, in fact, allow for genital exams. So just to be clear. I'm not
2: saying, I never even said the bill doesn't allow. I'm saying has this ever once happened was more or less my question. There's laws on the books in every single state of this country that allow for all types of crazy shit to happen. But I wouldn't necessarily say those people's rights are under attack if it's never actually. Actually happening but the question the point that i'm getting at here is that what the ask is the ask is that for if someone identifies as something we all ought to treat them as that thing and that's like the thing that's kind of different here like why why is it look do you do you believe like trans women are women do you like believe in that statement of course okay and that's because they identify as women
3: Yes, more or less, yes.
2: So before they've done anything, before they've had any hormone therapy or puberty blockers or uh, or transition surgery or anything like that, if you just decide you're a woman, you're a woman. Yep. Okay, I'm a woman. Do you consider okay, me a well, woman?
3: Okay, well, I actually, when you say decide, I, I, so I think that, I, gen- no, that Jenner Charles, is actually like, Charles, extremely complicated. Charles, I'm a woman. I'm a woman. Yeah.
2: Do you recognize me as a woman?
3: No, because you're clearly making a point.
2: So, oh, so you can lie.
3: Yes. So someone could claim. Mistaken, ooh, okay. Clear.
2: So someone could claim to be trans be and not be. Say that again. So someone could claim to be a woman and not yes. be. Okay. Correct. So just, just claiming you're a woman is not enough. It doesn't
3: really happen. Go on.
2: It just happened. <laughs> what do you mean it doesn't happen? So I'm not a woman. You're denying me. <laughs> I'm a trans woman. You're saying I'm not a, you understand you, the point I'm, I'm making here. I'm curious
3: if you can explain to me why this is not a persuasive point to me.
2: But well, I'm not
3: sure if you're getting if you're getting my point about why this is not. okay. it
2: you haven't made a point about why it's not persuasive. You said that trans women are women and all that. that, that, You said that the determining factor is is what they identify as
3: the the reason this is not a serious issue with the bathroom thing, because it's not just a cisgender man saying I am a woman and then going into into trans and going, sorry, not. Going into women's bathrooms, that's not what we observably see. I agree. And so so the Dave Smith saying I'm a woman thing is not like realistically relevant to the, the, the actual – No, no, no. no. But I'm not – I wasn't
2: out. arguing about the bathrooms anymore. I'm getting into kind of first principles here. You're saying yeah. trans women are women and that the yes. defining – the characteristic is that they identify as that. I and then I'm that telling that, I you think, I identify I that as the, that.
3: So I think that – so notice I said more or less. I actually think that gender is an extremely complicated thing. I think you can lie about it. I think you can be mistaken about it. I've known people who are mistaken okay. at it in different ways at different times.
2: So not all trans women are women.
3: No, all trans women are women. But the but <laughs> the question is whether so can't, or not... It's,
2: this is the Matt Walsh thing. You can't define the most simple terms. And then we're supposed okay, to have so a here's, debate here's, over all of this. So
3: here's, what, here's what's so annoying to people who are trans friendly about the Matt Walsh thing. So suppose that you asked a random libertarian, what should we do if say there was a pandemic and it was like 200 times worse than COVID or whatever, some whatever. Right. And then you could edit together footage of, of that person kind of talking at long amounts of time. And you could comically make it like so you're showing the passing of time, how long they're talking. Or maybe they'll say a lot of dumb things because that is a very hard case. And meanwhile, some normie, what they're going to say is, "Of oh, yeah, you lock everything down, da-da-da-da-da, right? Really easy for, for the normie, the non libertarian but obviously, there's all sorts of reasons why we can rule that out, why we know that's a wrong answer, even though the right answer is going to be extraordinarily complicated. Similarly, the, the, the answer like, the answer that uh, chromosomal males are biological males are men and, and vice versa with women, that's a really simple, straightforward answer. It sounds really confident. But there's a lot of good reasons to rule that out. And so the person who is trying to explain why they don't accept that answer is going to sound like the libertarian answering what to do in a 200 times worse than COVID pandemic.
2: I don't actually even though well, They're I don't actually think... in
3: fact right.
2: I don't think the answer is actually that tough. I mean, the answer would be something like, look, even with COVID, people in the first few weeks were quite happy to like be overly cautious, and if it was 200 times worse, you wouldn't need a mandate cuz everyone would lock themselves down. I had a little kid at the time. I'd be up and I'd be up in a ruby ridge set up in the woods somewhere if it was 200 times worse. But anyway, this is all kind of dodging the very basic question. The difference is that I wasn't asking you a complicated question. I was asking you a very simple question, and you're saying that the, the criteria the criteria for trans women being women is that they say they identify as that. But then so, I clearly, we oh, clearly quickly, demonstrated quickly. that just so them the they thing. identified here's, isn't enough. So
3: here's the other thing, the question of what is in fact, what like the answer of like, what in fact is someone's uh, gender is a separate question from what is given how complicated of a, of a thing gender is, what is the way that we should socially externally outside of that person treat as someone's gender what should we treat as someone's gender for purposes of classification for purposes of divided spaces etc etc that's a very oh. different question that i think you're going to have the much more straightforward identification answer
2: but yeah, but it, again look the idea itself. the idea that you can transition the idea that gender is this very complicated thing that gender is removed from sex this is it's not an argument it's the, it's almost like the, like all of the the trans uh, activist types they assume they've already proven their case and they just go well gender we all know gender is different from sex the point well, is so, that so no, have we given the argument
3: that's different from saying that there is no argument right and I, okay I fine fine you about, haven't
2: given the argument okay be, fine yeah but the question fine, but let me just, is all right, right fine so let me just say, no, well, I, well then you're starting with the conclusion rather than actually presenting an argument but either way it would the be point
3: if the conclusion if the argument was are trans women women but the argument is: Are trans people's rights under attack? And I think you can okay. Well, then be no, those are different totally questions. anti-trans, and still think that yes, they're clearly under attack.
2: By the way, uh, I'm not anti-trans. I'm not like against trans people. I'm not against like really any group of people other than like violent people or awful people or something like that. I'm just saying like no, I don't believe that being a man and a woman is malleable and you can decide to be one or the other. That's not like being against that group of people. I just believe in objective reality. I do as well to be clear.
1: I'm real quick. I want to, I'm going to yeah. let you, I'm going to let you get the go, final go word on this, Charles, but I, I want to divert this to a slightly different aspect because I think we're probably going to go in circles here when whether okay. Dave is a lady dick or not. So, uh, Charles, I'll let I you do. Give the last word. And <laughs> and then we'll, I want to yeah. refocus it, I think, into a little bit more of the crux of the issue here. And then we'll just, get on to just uh, really to quickly. Questions.
3: I do want to reiterate I recommend anyone who is listening to the recording here go back. Try and, as a game, count the the number of things Dave talks about that are actual government policies, that are actual uh, question of rights versus the amount we'll, that I'm we'll, talking we'll about.
2: We'll get that oh, okay, in my fine, question. About no, okay, fine, I'm say, if you want to say that, say, then I'll say go back and listen to the but, amount of times that Charles can't answer my basic questions because right, I'm trying to figure out what our priors are here. I, I, I do
3: debate. recommend that, too. And the sure. last thing I'm going to say is, so you said I'm not saying to be more restrictive. than the AMA, but if you do think that children's gender-affirming care should be restrictive or that that's like an open question... Then you are necessarily more restrictive than the AMA and other major medical associations.
2: What I was saying is that I don't think the liberal okay, now you're talking about children. And again, like I say, gender-affirming care is this nonsense euphemism. So, like, let's talk about what we're actually talking about. Like, in the same sense that it's like, don't tell me you're talking sure. about reproductive rights. What are we actually talking about here? If you're talking about public. If you're talking about government employees starting referring to someone's son as a girl every day in school and not telling their parents, that should be against the fucking law. And that should be anyone, anyone who, why should a government employee not get to like make intimate, confusing decisions about how your child's childhood goes? Should a government
3: employee be able to not tell parents that their child is dating a black boy?
2: Well, I mean okay no, again they're different why things why is that, and why is that no, different if it's different? no they should not be able to they should not be able to keep a secret relationship away from their parents okay, so, absolutely not so They should not, they should not the no they should never there should never, there should never be related. a situation a government employee should never be allowed to say hey i know you're dating this boy who your parents don't want you to to date but i'm going to keep this secret for you and in fact i'm going to continue encouraging this relationship no so and that person should go to that, fucking if, jail
3: So your position is that someone should go to jail if they don't tell the Klan member parents that their child is dating a black boy, that they should go to jail if they don't tell an abusive parent, an abusive homophobic parent, their son has said that he is gay. That is your position. They should go to jail.
2: Okay. Okay, so if we're going to play that, (laughs) then your your position is that somebody who says like um, that they have a problem with their abusive boyfriend, their daughter is dating a guy Mm -hmm. who's beating the shit out of her and they go, you're not allowed to see her anymore. And then the teacher goes, no, don't worry about it. I'm going to make sure you guys stay together. And I promise I'll never tell your parents about it. Your position is that that's fine. You see, we can making both kind true, of use these extremes to points, but now, thing, so. now if we actually get back to the actual issue that we're talking about, yes, the idea that you're going to make a, chi- a decision on behalf of someone else's child, that you're going to socially transition them, I'm the fine. I'm fine with all that right, being I, against the law.
1: All right, I'm going to divert this now because uh, I think uh, I want to get to the crux of it, and a lot of people brought up. Charles, yourself, you brought up how Dave hasn't addressed the different individual bills. I, I mean, think there's the a cru- lot. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, the crux of the issue here is, and we can kind of, I think the point I'm about to bring up will kind of address them all essentially. So, I think the issue here is how do we treat public property? So, I mean, this kind of gets into Hoppianism, which I know you're of the agorist camp, Charles, and I know a lot of them are, uh, you know, don't like that shit. I'm, I'm, I guess, I'm a unique agorist in that point. I love Hoppa. Uh, And I think he has a lot to say about stuff like that. So I think it gets into the point because it's almost like you, I feel like there's this idea that you're trying to express that any laws whatsoever concerning public property uh, is somehow on like, I don't know what your criteria is essentially. Like, so I I guess I think you know what I'm getting at Charles. I'll let you go and then we'll do a little back and forth. Let's keep this like under 10 minutes. And so I can get into questions, but I think that's kind of the crux of the issue. What do we do with, public areas should we be should there should be no laws concerning anything whatsoever um or rules or whatever you want to call them uh but go ahead
3: so and i'm not trying to divert the question but i i do want to note there's a lot of what we were talking about that doesn't have anything to do with that like taking children from their parents for example i don't think i don't think children are public property and so i don't think that that's a public property question um, secondly though I do think that the question of like what to do with public property is a very difficult one, but similar to the gender question, I think we can rule out the and answer pretty easily uh, because it seems like that's going to have the con- like crazy conclusions. Like if everybody in, in Dave's where uh, Dave, you live in New York, right?
2: No, sir. Uh, New Jersey. I, okay. I'm, I'm from New York though. You're okay. Apologies.
3: There. No, so no, if no, Everybody no. in New Jersey hated Dave enough that he could only leave his house by helicopter because Because otherwise he'd be using the public roads. Seems pretty clear to me that that is not a libertarian conclusion. I don't see how the Hoppian uh, argument doesn't get to that conclusion. Why it's not just democracy, the God, is seems to be the Hoppian argument there. Um, so instead, what I would say is probably, I mean, what's the whole... Uh, This is going to be a long tangent, so I'm going to try and restrict this. I think the good basis for libertarian views on property in general is what people are like, the projects people are involved in and the non-aggressive projects people are involved in. So it seems like the use of public property should be the sort of thing where uh, it's allowing people to do their non-aggressive projects as much as possible without being disrupted by other people and minimizing conflict and certainly uh, a law that allows people to call the cops over whisk people out of the bathroom etc certainly disrupting someone's project of just trying to use the bathroom certainly creates a whole of a lot more conflict
2: um all right. So, you know, I get this a lot when people take on the uh, this Hoppian position on, on public property. And I just I got to say, I think this is like a real weakness that libertarians have. And I think part of it is because libertarians are we're very good at kind of forcing things into these binaries when they deserve to be forced into them. Private property versus public property, aggression versus non-aggression, kind of the statism versus you know libertarianism. The, the problem is that when you get into the, pro- the problem of public property, it this doesn't actually follow. And the fact that you can do this kind of like reducto ab absurdum, it they're they're useful to a point. But in the same sense that you go, hey, you know, if I go, hey, I like to have some salt on my eggs in the morning, and you go, oh yeah, well, if you ate. Ten pounds of salt, you'd die. It's like, yeah, but that doesn't actually disprove that I can't have some salt on my eggs. So look, the if you reducto ad absurdum this idea that like the will of the public um, is what ought to govern. Uh, Public property, or that it ought to be kind of simulated like a private business or something like that. Yeah, you can get to these absurd areas. Like, no one likes me in New Jersey, and I have to helicopter everywhere. The problem is that the other position that there should be zero restrictions on public property also gets you into some crazy areas. That also gets you into areas of the you know the stuff of drug addicts walking into public schools, or everyone has the same right to go to a public university as even if they never went to high school, they have a right to go there. Or it might get you into say like homeless encampments being built in every major city across America, making them unlivable for the families that are there. And so you find yourself in this place where, like, you have to apply the principle within reason and within ways that you think are somewhat consistent with what a libertarian society might look like. And so it's not so easy to just say, oh, one extreme or the other extreme is correct. Um, And when you talk about just like, oh, someone's doing like a non-aggressive activity, I mean, I get your point. And in spirit, I want to be with you. Look, I dude, I don't want the government doing nothing to nobody. Like, I don't want the government to exist at all. However, like someone technically, like, you know, just go again, just like going and doing drugs in a playground is a non-violent, non-aggressive activity. But if it was a private playground, you know, for a a fact that shit wouldn't be tolerated and that person would be asked to leave. And so when it's a public playground, I have no problem saying like, hey, we're going to ask you to leave. That doesn't mean this gets caricatured by libertarians all the time. Dave's advocating calling the cops on homeless people or I want them to have the shit beaten out of them or something like that. I'm just saying, no, I think that like the passed out junkie in the kids playground, which by the way, is happening I'm not like speaking of some theoretical. I'm speaking of like an actual crisis that's going on in the country right now. And yes, I have no problem with that person being forced to leave. Um, now, I, I don't know exactly how we're like pulling this back into the the transgender conversation. But within public property, there's no I, I don't think any libertarian, even though they mock kind of the um, uh, reducto absurdum of my position, none of them are actually willing to take the reducto absurdum of their position which would be that there should be zero restrictions. We all, in one way or another, agree that, like, yeah, at a certain point, there's going to have to be some, because zero restrictions on any piece of just property be clear, you is not my libertarianism. position Or a
3: hypothetical position? Because I'm not well, sure how this relates to what I said.
2: Well, because you used the reducto ad absurdum on my position, so I'm just saying... Right, but, but my abit. position is
3: not the position you're re- doing reductio of, of right now. Okay, so what is it? So I, The one I just said, which is that the restrictions should be of a kind that we are not disrupting people's, pre, like you're not disrupting people's non-aggressive projects. So no, but that's example, what I
2: responded to. I, I said that. I said like non-aggressive. It's not. Oh yeah, p- yeah, yeah.
3: So just, okay. So maybe we're maybe misunderstanding. Okay. So so we're going to disagree a lot about the homeless encampment, homeless people cases in general. I I don't think that's going to be a productive discussion. Okay. But I do want to register that I just very strongly disagree in that. But we do agree that, for example, that the answer is neither Dave has to leave by helicopter, nor is the answer that uh, if some kids are, you're doing a a normal reading with some kindergarten teacher in the library and somebody comes over and takes a shit in front of the kids. Neither of us think that that's the right right position either. Um, I would say that they are disrupting a non-aggressive project, which is the store, the story time, the normal library uses of that property. Yeah. Now, how uh, that's going to get cashed out. Extraordinarily complicated, very vague thing. But and that's I think the point: is that it's it's, that it's
2: very arbitrary. This is the point, and I'm agreeing with you, by the way. I'm not disagreeing. But no, when yeah. you just say they're disrupting the non-aggressive activity, like you could also yeah. very easily make the case that homeless people shooting up and shitting on the streets are disrupting the non-aggressive yeah. activity of someone walking their daughter to the store. So right. then, so then, then be this lot just lot becomes now we're just yeah. negotiating. We're no, not no, no, in I pure either. libertarian I agree, principles. A lot
3: of that neither of us are accepting the Hoppian position as far as i'm reading you no or because that's definitely not the you're no this is the hoppy position no the Hopian position is that it's majority taxpayer will is my understanding
2: no, he doesn't argue that for anything. He's saying that, like, look, if it's against the, the his position is that there, are, you ultimately ought to kind of simulate like what we know this would be like in a private situation, and that if it's, uh, if it's violating the majority's will, that this isn't something that libertarians ought to champion, and that it's completely consistent with libertarianism to have restrictions. In other words, in an anarcho-capitalist society, you could have as many re- immigration restrictions as you wanted to have. And what his actual argument is, is that the solution would be something closer to a sponsorship program or radical decentralization in in immigration. So, no, it's not. I I
3: don't think I, I, I mean, I think that's it's absurd to think that you would have anything other than pretty unrestrained open borders in an anarchist situation, given that observably people very much want immigrants to work for them very much want to give them housing etc look I,
2: I remember arguing with um right. i so i was arguing with one of the mises caucus guys like people in my camp uh uh-huh. of this libertarian world who's an open borders guy and we were having a, yeah. a discussion about this and i said to him at one point i floated out he had worked on i think a family farm and they had had immigrants who were like working on the farm and i said well what about this Hopian?" uh uh position where he basically says, you have to sponsor the immigrant. You have to take full financial responsibility for them. You have to, you know, like you have to pay for their, you, you can't like none of their, I costs like can why, be, though. well, well, let me just finish off. this. So you saying none of their costs can be imposed on the taxpayer. They, they can't go to an emergency room for healthcare. They can't send their kid to public school and impose their costs on the, the taxpayer. You have to take full financial responsibility for them, but you can then invite them here. And his response to me was, yeah, but if that was the case, we never could have financially afforded it. It wouldn't have been financially viable. And the point is, exactly. So you can claim you're inviting them, but you're only really – You can claim that the market demonstrates that you'll invite them, but the truth is the market's only demonstrating that when so much of the costs are passed on to the taxpayer. So that's the hop-in position.
3: Why on earth would you have to sponsor them be anything like – What you would expect in market anarchy—that's very strange to me. It's not perfect.
2: Look, wouldn't say these same
3: things about if you want to move. People move across town all the time because they want to send their kids to a better public school, right? And you don't. It like does does someone have to sponsor you if you want to send if you want to move across town to send your kids to a better public school? That's very strange. Yeah, but why would we think that that a market would have to? That a market would require people sponsoring other human beings. A market wouldn't require
2: that. A market wouldn't require that. We're talking about within the context where a government does exist and what would be a preferable simulation that would be somewhat closer to the market. So listen, none of this is perfect, but the truth is that if you have someone in a community, right, the point is that the the taxpayers who are forced to pay their higher premiums in health care because emergency rooms aren't allowed to turn people away or have been Mm -hmm. paying property taxes for the last... 20 years and are now all of a sudden someone just moves in and gets to send all of their kids to those schools. They have no say in this. Okay. And so the person inviting them is not just inviting them. They're also inviting them on behalf of all these other people. Now, the difference between that and someone who just moved across town is that, at least in theory, these people have also been within this like legal jurisdiction society for a long time, and quite possibly have been paying in for uh, many, many. Well, years. not in that case. None of its schools perfect, are paid by dude. property
3: taxes, so they they almost by definition would not have been paying into the the relevant schools, right?
2: Well, no, I mean, like there, it, it depends on where you are or what jurisdiction I suppose that you're in, but like in my jurisdiction, like there's kind of like. Property taxes are basically shared around through all yeah. of these these towns. But r- regardless, if, if, even if you're saying moving states, like it's just a slightly different situation. But no, look, in the, the the only perfect answer here at which Hoppe would agree with, which I would agree with, which I bet you would agree with is an anarchist society. Like that's, that's the yep. only way you're going to have a perfect answer here. And once you have a, the government involved in this. It's murky, but the point is it's murky your way or Hoppe's way or any other way. All of them are murky. It's also still murky that some immigrant – like, why is it not – like, I get the point you're making. Then the point you're making essentially is like that it's murky and this isn't exactly what an anarchist society would be. But why the hell is it that 100,000 people just march over here and they just get to come in and immediately get access to roads and schools and hospitals and firefighters and police? All right. Well, I'll count the police against them. But the other the other ones are good. You know, So like why? What? That's also pretty damn murky. So that's the point. And in some ways, like I think a lot of the left libertarians are almost like allergic to pointing out this other side of it. But I'm I'm not allergic to pointing out the fact that you've got a point. You've got a point. It's not perfect in that scenario either.
1: Yeah. All right, guys. Let's uh let's move on to super chats. I did. I had to. My autism's flaring. I haven't really jumped in this much, but I did have to address the one border point you made, Charles, on Hoppe. You said uh, it would mostly be, or or in a market anarchy type situation, we would have essentially open borders. I think maybe even if there's a case to be made that maybe a majority of the nation would be that, but there would be places where that wouldn't be the case in a private property type situation. There would be for whatever reason. Who knows? Maybe there's some. You
3: can't come into my house, huh? Yeah, you can't can't come come... my house,
1: sure. Yeah, you can't come my house, or if you have a covenant community to where you guys have come together uh, under a system of private property, and decided, hey, these are the rough rules that you have to agree to if you move here, and we don't want the X people here for whatever fucking reason, whether it's bigoted or or not bigoted or justified. Who fucking cares? That's perfectly within your rights to do so. So I, I so I think it's. Like, you're kind of right, sort of. I think there'd probably be a lot of open land where a lot of immigrant workers would be welcomed and, you know, with basically almost no restrictions. But there'd be also areas, uh, I believe the tip, Hopper referred them as like the high wage areas would typically be the areas that would be a little bit more guarded. But, you know, who knows? Maybe that would homogenize over time. I have no idea. We're not in Capistan. But uh, generally speaking, the point is that under a private property system, there'd be all sorts of different rules and such that, you know, it's really just comes down to whoever owns it and what they want to decide. All right, let's move on. Uh, I have base Jew at two bucks. Uh, Transminers don't exist. That is pretty base Jew thing to say. Uh, Feel free guys to jump in on any of these because a lot of these super chats do affect or do kind of like touch on it. Uh, I know we didn't hit on the transminer thing too much. And then also you said, I'm just giving you my money. Oh, just
3: quickly. I do want to want to say that just because I think this, this did get lost a bit, very specifically, the thing that I was saying that Dave was more restrictive than the AMA, et cetera, on was on the question of uh, trans minors care. Dave thinks that trans uh, minors, uh, even if they, I guess, even if they go on to say, this is great as the vast majority of them do that, that, even then, they can't consent to it. Uh, vast majority of medical associations say they do. Dave thinks, no, the state should step in in places where vast majority of normie, lib-dominated, progressive-dominated um, dominated, uh, medical associations are a lot more uh, libertarian on. Actually, I don't think at least more status is dominated.
2: Yeah, the the idea that children can consent is not more libertarian. Um, but uh, I will say that uh, I I think that what I said instead of you just telling people what I view uh, my, what my views are, I'll make it very clear. I think that um, socially transitioning people without uh, uh, without their parents' knowledge uh, is it, it should not be allowed. I think that. Minors. i just want to
3: agree that no one should socially transition a child the child should socially transition yeah but this is just living this
2: is that. just living in la la land if you think these ideas aren't be, being put into pe- into kids heads and let, let me tell you something i mean i know you don't have kids but like so the so, idea that okay, this is all or orga- there's there, you think I, there just happens to have yeah. been an organic rise from kids yeah i've seen it besides deciding- thing. Yeah, so, no, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, just quickly, you may have quickly, seen it I did want fact to say you've about this. Seen it once means nothing, hold on, dude. Hold on. I, did I have a
1: something. 13-year-old and a 10-year-old, and I've seen it too. And it's and it's exactly what Dave is describing. That to to right, say so, otherwise is to so, not understand so, children. And I'm sorry, it's just it so, shows my everything just, no just, just fucking retarded. I'm sorry. All
3: right, so so quickly. So let me be. Let me, okay. So anyway, so since Dave is doing the whole like I have kids, you don't da da da, da type thing, I do want to say that I I mean I have a very like kind of like. Like this seems like a very boomer type, like outsider view of what has happened. And I have just seen people organically be trans in their youth much earlier than recent. So like the, the first time that I had a friend who came out as trans was like 2007 when I was in high school. And that is obviously well before there was remotely any acceptance of trans people and at the risk of doxing myself, I'll say this was in Oklahoma. And so this is like pretty clearly not that just this is totally lib religion that is pervading yeah. all that makes people trans. No, people do organically know who they are. And so they're why huge. are
2: there so many more today than there were in 2007? Because
3: there's a greatly there was a significant uh, significant uptake and acceptance you're begging the, the question in 2007, that, no it's bullshit trans there wasn't a significant a subject up- on mari right no, it's
2: dude it's it's not this is you're you're making this assumption there's been a significant uptake in the acceptance also there's been a significant uptake in us telling kids about these ideas i'm not saying this has never once ever happened in the history of the world but no it is this is being led from the top down and that's what's leading to more of this but i just want to make this clear because you kind of said what my views are so yes my views are that you should not be allowed to start socially transitioning a kid, uh, without their parents' knowledge or against their parents' will. My view is that minors should not be allowed. It should be illegal for them, um, for anyone to give them irreversible elective, um, chemical castrating, uh, pharmaceutical products that, uh, sexual reassignment surgery, all of that stuff. That doesn't happen. Though, that, you know, that, you know,
3: Okay. I'm, I assume you're very rarely enough to know that the sex reassignment surgery is not a thing that's happening to the young kids.
2: It, it's rarely a thing that's happening. It's, it's, it's not only young kids. On. It's rarely a thing that's not happens a thing to- going. It's it's rarely a thing that happens to teenagers. It's not a thing that happens to young kids, but the hormone blockers and uh, uh, the puberty blockers and the hormone treatment are happening to thousands and thousands of kids every year. And yes, I'm completely fine with that being uh, that that not being allowed, that being illegal, whatever you want to say. What
3: would convince you that that was an acceptable? uh, Well, yeah, I guess like what would it would convince you that the state should not be involved on that?
1: Real quick, I want to jump in. I I just have to point out, Charles, that when we were talking about the initial example of trans kids, I feel like me and Dave were probably colloquially speaking of probably kids fourteen and under. I feel like it's a little bit more nuanced when you're talking about someone in like high school. Yeah. Uh, so and but like you then once we immediately brought up to like tr like fucking hormone replacement or actual sex changes, you it's almost like you then swapped and now you are colloquially operating under the 14 and under in like, oh, that never happens when it's very clearly happening in the 14 above.
3: So I just I I don't know. that
1: just came off. So so
3: so I just want to be clear because there's because there is you I mean, I'm sure you know that there's like a lot of people who have been led to believe that that there's bottom surgery happening to like prepubescent kids, which is clearly not happening. And I just Want to make that yeah well
2: clear. I, well I no one made that claim um, no no I know yeah. I,
3: I yeah I just want to make that clear so sure. okay so my claim here is just that the state should be at least as not involved as most mainstream medical professionals think that the state should not be involved.
2: Yeah, but this is just kind of an appeal to authority. Like I, I, I don't know. I mean I why I think, should we
3: be less libertarian well, than than those authorities? It's
2: not le- because it's not less libertarian, actually. Um why? like saying because children can't consent and so it's not less li- it's not more libertarian to say i think an eight-year-old should be allowed to have sex that's so not is it more, more libertarian, libertarian
3: so, to to say well, let me- that children should not be able to receive any kind of medical treatment at yeah all. L- listen is it, let sorry, me just is make the point not, is it not
2: less it's not more people. listen let me just make the point that i'm making you're making this appeal to authority about why should we be more restrictive than these medical establishments these medical establishments i've hoped people have realized through the last few years are status constructs that get it wrong time and time again and by the way if you want to look throughout history any that governments have gone horribly wrong. They're also accompanied by medical establishments that recommend really, really bad things. We had. I just want to say I agree Hold with on, you. I said this earlier. This. We had best practices on how to torture people um, over the last twenty years. Yep. And l- let's not even get into the Nazi or the commie scientists and what they were all into. The the truth is that when there's it's not a question of whether we should be more or less restrictive when we're talking about children it's it's completely reasonable we say that children can't have tattoos they can't drink they're not supposed to have sex like all of these things that's not like these are far less important decisions than whether you're going to do something irreversible to yourself like this and so i'm absolutely fine with yeah, there being so, restrictions restrictions on kids
3: so so i just want to be clear um uh, The specific thing I'm saying is not that we should defer to medical establishments on all things, just that on uh, if there's a case that is somewhat controversial as this is in terms of the public at large. But it is not controversial at all among major medical medical establishments And the major medical establishment opinion is that the state should not be involved. It's a very strange position for a libertarian to, to take that we should think the state should be involved more than those major medical establishments. Right. And
2: I'm dead. I'm saying I don't think that's right. If if the major medical establishments were okay with um parents raping their children, and then I said, like, no, actually, I think that should be uh illegal and the state should step yeah, in I as agree. long as we I, have a state. Yeah, 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 so, I but, agree. Would you this, agree with that is, the argument is, oh, but you're saying we should be less libertarian. This is such a weird position for a libertarian to be arguing so, that the state should, should do more that, than the medical establishment says. You
3: agree that all th- other things yeah, being but I just legal, so but the point not is I'm talking I just, about Say we're not talking about trans kids. Say we're talking about just normal medical procedures that are not trans-related. Fine, that, but that what is, you're dodging right there,
2: what you're dodging is that I just kind of wrecked the logic that you're trying to like put up here. That somehow it's less libertarian if you ever think the state should be more restrictive than the medical establishment says. Do I'm you saying that, that is a child abuse should be illegal? Think
3: that that's a problem, right? I'm sa- I'm not saying that that. So similar to what you're saying earlier that I'm not saying that this is never the case but it's a very good heuristic that you should at least think the state should be involved less in those cases now not to say there's never a case where that's where that's where it doesn't go the other way but at least the the burden of proof would be that it, you're really making a strong claim if you think that the state should be involved more than the very statist medical establishment Things. Well, you're amending
2: mean, you're amending what you previously said now so that it doesn't contradict like the point that I made. But like, but I don't know if I'm making contradicts a very- the
3: point that you're making no, Sorry, well, the, you- the older, the, the, the previous point you were making.
2: No, what you originally said didn't contradict the point I was making. But if you're going to change it to that, that I have to make a strong case. It's like, I don't know. I don't think the medical establishment is any type of barometer. I mean, 10 years ago, the medical establishment wouldn't have supported this. 20 years ago, they would have laughed you out of the room if you had mentioned this. I don't think there's any reason to think that what the medical establishment is saying right now is some type of gospel. And yes, I think child abuse should be illegal. That's actually false, by the way, but go on. Okay. I think child abuse should be illegal and I have no problem with anyone I agree with that. any anybody who is in a position to that where they can stop it, where they have the might to stop it, I'm fine with them doing that. And yeah, yes, so, they consider so allowing children I consider, it, I consider I consider allowing ahead. children to make elective irreversible decisions before the age of consent um to be a form of child so, abuse.
3: So so You but you do so, like, what specifically do you think uh, is this irreversible decision that that you should be able to that to that you should not allow them to be able to make?
2: Um, uh, puberty blockers, hormone treatment during puberty, and anything like that.
3: Okay. Um, what would change your mind on that? Like, what could possibly change your mind and to see to think this is actually like. Uh, something that is that it makes sense to see as a like informed uh, actual choice by the child of a kind that we should go should abide by like any other medical choice.
2: Um, I, I, like, what I would don't, change your
3: mind in principle? Even if you think it's crazy to think this would ever be shown.
2: Um, I, I don't know. It's an interesting question. What would change my mind? to think that a child is capable of making a permanent, irreversible uh, decision, I I don't know. So, Maybe if we had you know the ability mean? to time travel and they could go back in time okay, and so, change that decision.
3: So what about just the fact, like the la- the j- overwhelming, overarching, over, sorry, overwhelming lack of regret from people who actually transition?
2: Well, like the problem the with they- that, the, the reason why that's not sufficient at all um, is that uh like this is kind of a brand new experiment that that's being run i mean if you look at the numbers in which this is being done they are like exponentially increasing and the truth is that the uh you know much like studies with climate change or the studies with covid when you have these crazy politicized issues and this is like the most hot button politicized issue out there right now and you have these medical establishments you don't just get good science and the truth is that the biggest studies have shown that if there's no intervention between 70 to 90 percent of these kids when they're adults end up living life as the sex that they actually are it's not clear to me at all it's not you can say it is but it's not clear to you either it's really not clear to any of us what the result of this new like crazy fad is going to be in 10 20 30 years and yeah, we're so, experimenting on a generation of children
3: so, so to sickening. be clear the thing the thing that is different now than was the case a long time ago is not children transitioning that is not what is new that is absolutely not what is new what is different no, it, is greater acceptance of trans people now that no, is no no is no you thick, can go look
2: at the numbers of puberty blockers this is new the numbers no, of no, 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 no. every not, single year no, and then we're we're doing it in much larger numbers than we ever were new.
3: it is not new
2: puberty blockers specifically no that yes. is not new either but, the numbers are drastically increasing. It, yes, that's a different new.
3: question. That's a very different question. To be clear. No, it's not. Tra- no, no, no. To be clear, children transitioning is not new. It is very old. If you are a conservative in the Burkean sense, you should want to maintain the... T- this standing tradition of something that has worked of children transitioning well fuck conservatives and i'm not a
2: conservative in the Burkean sense but whatever like no, this is new dude this is a new thing i'm
3: saying that it is that it is you are trying you are looking at something that has been working for a long time and saying you want to overturn this thing because it doesn't make sense to you it from is, the outside rationalistically
2: no it doesn't it hasn't been working dude this is just like so listen man trans people and this is changing now because again people who identify as trans which is the point i was kind of getting at before when i said i'm a woman and then like there's no real answer for why i'm not um but the truth is now like i said you have blonde chicks who identify as zur and continue to date men who consider themselves trans so it's this is like become a fad that isn't so trans like, like even, hold on I'm let me just finish let me like, just finish the point trans people huh
3: Trans lesbians haven't been a thing as long as trans people. I don't know why you. Uh, The point is that this
2: isn't the same. It's not the same category as somebody who like wants to like transition their gen and live their life as the opposite sex. It's just a different thing. And the the because progressives have decided we lump this LGBTQ. So here's one interesting. Let me let me just finish the point that I'm making here. Okay. This is like because this is a different topic. But to say that this is working out well, Mm -hmm. transgender people have, and I mean this traditionally transgender, not just the woman who just identifies as Zer. And I wasn't talking about lesbians, by the way. I'm saying a girl who continues to date men. They're now also considering themselves transgender. But I'm talking about like traditional transgender people, and even like people like, say, the, the anecdotal point you brought up, people back in 2007, I know someone uh, who I uh, went to high school with um, in, um, who now identifies as a man who was a, a, a woman when I was in high school with her. Um, the, the, the more traditional trans people, the truth is that none of these things have been a success. These people have very, very bad outcomes and it's tragic. I don't wish that on them, but they're overwhelmingly, like the suicide rate is like abysmal. Almost half of them end up committing suicide. The idea that we've found some silver bullet where if you do this, then it's so clear that life is better, even after hormones, even after surgery, the suicide rate is right around the same. And for us to pretend that we've found some success, and it's so obvious that if any teenager says they think they're the other sex, or even any six-year-old or seven-year-old says that, that the correct answer is to start socially transitioning them is just not true. It's not borne out but by, by the the science and there, the no it's become a political issue now where and of course as you saw with the covid stuff a lot of doctors fall right into that disappointingly but it's not actually true that this is scientifically sound and in the same way that idiots like me and jose gallison were more right over the last three years than the scientific community when the biggest scientific crisis of our time came around I'm not just deferring to them on this. Here's a case again where you want the government
3: up. to be involved more than that scientific community. That's I want to be irrelevant.
2: Very we're we're that. talking nothing, libertarian
3: I, ethics per some arbitrary irrelevant. medical
1: decision. Yeah, completely so, irrelevant. Yeah, so
3: I mean, but it's not an arbitrary. Okay. Uh, it's basically he, arbitrary the, the at this whole, point. The well whole thing all right, we gotta move on, on. We're, we're
1: being a dead horse we went from no one is coming after kids trans kids are under attack and state mandated gender affirming care is a basic right even right the slippery slope is real jc 10 bucks cool. appreciate it we're gonna kind of cruise through some of these i got go i got ahead. something to say on that because right, it's relevant something
3: dave said yeah yeah so dave like brought up the fact that obviously transitioning is not a silver bullet of course it's not uh, if you look at like actual studies that people who are transferently will cite, they don't say that people who, uh, who will not say that no one claims that transitioning is a silver bullet. What people say is that what reduces suicide rates is an accepting environment is people ex- is having accepting friends and family. Now, what is having accepting friends and family? It's probably not living in a, an environment where people think that you're freaks and don't allow you to make decisions for yourself. Transitioning is part of having that agency. It doesn't mean that that itself is the silver bullet that reduces it, but certainly clamping down on that is. Yeah, I something sur- that, uh, well, that- I'm not gonna Ooh. say
2: that, like um, whether your it- parents are good to you and love you and things like that, and like whether you have a, like um, um, people around you who are good and help you, whatever that might mean. I don't think that always means encouraging your delusions, but having good people around you, I certainly would acknowledge that will probably reduce um, suicidality. Maybe, uh, yeah. But the idea that we're just asserting that the issue is that the environment is so toxic and that's what causes the alarmingly high suicide rate amongst trans people is just is just. Just doesn't make sense i mean i'm okay. sorry well, it but doesn't like, make sense to you but that's no that's well hold on let me well let slow. me finish the point no it doesn't it doesn't there's make two sense that I period say. jews in the holocaust did yeah. not have as high of a suicide rate as trans people right. do black people in slavery black people in right. jim crow did not have as high of a suicide rate for you to just just decide that it's the environment is so is, is not tolerant of so them I don't enough it just doesn't make no idea why there's no
3: clamping down on people's agency is supposed to help that I but didn't The other thing I was going to say, like, but you're ignoring the point I make because thing, it contradicts your point. The, okay. Hold on. Dave, let me talk. Dave, let me talk. So specifically the thing that, uh, so if you are worried about people making hasty decisions about transitioning, specifically the thing that seems to cut down the most on regret uh, that from that, like actual regret from feeling like you made a hasty decision, which, does happen it's extremely rare much rarer than i than you seem to think it is but it does happen and what is the thing that seems to cut down on that the most is people seeing the beginnings of uh this of seeing themselves as trans not as therefore i must binary be the other gender but thinking is the time for gender exploration where i will see if i am instead non-binary or something like that and if that's the case, then that's going to that's what seems to cut down the most on the overly hasty transition regret, which, again, extremely rare, but does happen.
2: But yeah, it, specifically,
3: I, uh, if you're complaining about well, all this new shit about people saying that they're non-binary and all that, yeah. then no, you not. are tr- then you are cutting down on the thing that is helping in those exact cases of regret that you are
2: concerned about. You made your point. Okay, I I agree that the more hastily the decision is made, the worse the outcome probably will be. But there's just a lot of, like, goalposts moving here where you make this claim about the environment. I have a rebuttal to that. That really kind of blows that up. And now we're moving on to a whole nother thing that I don't accept non-binaries. The truth is that Jews in the Holocaust did not have as high of a suicide rate. Blacks during slavery did not have as high as a suicide rate. Give me a break that the only issue here is is, is that— Let me just finish the point. Charles, let me just finish the point. The, give me a break that the issue here is that it's an inhospitable environment this is a mental illness when you you are you identify as something you feel deep down inside that what you were born as is so wrong and you were supposed to be something else it's on the level of people who feel like they're supposed to be like I, I don't know who want to castrate themselves who want to chop off healthy limbs There's a there's a psychological issue here and that doesn't mean we should be shitty to these people that doesn't mean we should have no humanity for these people but if three adults here are having a conversation I don't know what that it. means it's for not- you. I, I, I don't know what I it mean, means, real you real mean quick. It. All right, we need to move on. It's fine uh, that you don't yeah. know. Like, that's right. the, the point I'm making is that you can't just deduce from that that it's because we're not tolerant enough. It's because the environment, like, there's just uh, obviously much more deep seated issues. While at, at arguing, that
1: the rise in trans is due to a rise in acceptance, but somehow the suicide rates completely remained unaffected, essentially. But, anyways, let's move on. Uh, why can I not sign contract until 18, but I can cut my junk off at nine? Obviously, that's a little bit of a. Uh, not not 16. Uh, yeah all right these laws more like turning it inside out by the way
0: <laughs> yeah yes. which
1: you would think would not work the same but all right these laws charles cites seems to put the right for adults to do what they want to themselves at risk i feel like uh i, I feel like i can speak for dave here the laws that would in any way affect adults that you know aside from i don't know maybe different arbitrary things if for somehow you're preventing an adult from transitioning or assuming there's some doctor willing to do so i would assume we would be against that i think it's a retarded decision yeah, but why but do you ever doing... talk
3: about that i guess is my
1: well we my just point.
2: i mean jose just said it so we do talk yeah about he it said sometimes. it on this
3: stream after i've been brought, brought it up like a million times but why why do i never see dave like for example after dordan peterson talks about how these criminal doctors should be in prison say whoa this is fucking crazy can, can i you listen, listen to my to show? charles I... charles oh,
2: yeah. charles do you listen to my show
3: I don't listen to your show, but I do follow okay, you on so
2: then, Twitter. But then it's a silly criticism to say, why don't I ever hear Dave talk about this? Because you don't listen to my shit. I, re- I remember watching you. I, I remember seeing I you I see tweet,
3: you talk about trans people on Twitter a hell of right, a
2: lot. Okay, fine. But that's this is silly. If you don't listen to what I do to say, I've only heard you say this and not that. I remember a while back you tweeted at something where you go, how come Dave only talks about the culture war stuff and never talks about libertarianism? It's like, dude, I don't know. You don't watch my shit. So yes, I've specifically talked. I don't talk about this trans stuff that much. I was saying to Jose before we did this debate, I was like, oh my God, am I actually going to do a debate about this? I, when I talk about it, usually what I say is I think this whole thing is a fucking distraction that powerful people love because I'd much rather just be talking about wars and central banks and police states and mass incarceration and shit like that. But Yes, I have said many times, there shouldn't be any laws that restrict adults from having surgeries that a doctor is willing to perform for them. Adults, fine. But also, I can recognize that what Jordan Peterson said, if you actually listen to it and want to give him a charitable interpretation, is he was making the point, and I think there's a reasonable argument to this, not that I think it should be forced by law, but that doctors shouldn't do it. And that in the same sense that like if you were to go and say, like, hey, I identify as a person without legs and i just i've i've always known i'm a person without legs and i want to be a person without legs and the doctor just went cool no so problem 50g's 50g's be held accountable yes he explained this in detail Incredible. and yes yes that's exactly what he meant he explained it in detail okay and what he said is that he goes in a sense he said it's not illegal and i'm not even necessarily saying it should be illegal but all of the greatest atrocities throughout human history were not necessarily illegal and in a sense a doctor being willing to cut off completely healthy limbs for elective reasons is in some uh, like sense uh, like criminal and i'm not saying it should be illegal but i would Be like, I would completely understand if doctors in like a better society were like, yeah, we're not cutting off healthy limbs. Like we don't just do elective surgeries like this for no legitimate reason. So that was kind of the point he was making. And by the way, I've made the point that you're criticizing me for not making. It's just you don't listen to my shit. And so then for you to say I've never heard you say this just isn't a fair criticism. All so right, let's uh, be- we, got,
1: yeah. we, got, we got to keep moving. I do want to address that, that question for me that you brought up. The reason I don't bring up that, I don't know, 23 year old trans people may not be able to transition in Oklahoma or whatever is because, to be completely frank, I don't give a flying fuck. Like, if you ask me on my position, I'll be like, yeah, I don't think they should do that. But am I going to go out of my way to make a point of it? I'm sorry. There's certain issues I care about more than others, and I'm sorry. That doesn't register. Yeah, my
3: point yeah. is that, <laughs> that the Mises caucus crowd fundamentally Is only care only like not necessarily believes, but only cares about liberty in those areas where it accords at least reasonably well with the uh, whatever is the right wing culture war thing of the week.
2: This is it, it, again. It sounds like it you discussing. matter. If, right, right. It sounds it like you discussing. It sound. It sounds like you discussing my opinion and then admitting that you don't listen to my show. If you think that the Mises Caucus crowd doesn't care about wars and Austrian economics and central banking and all go of this stuff, the
3: right wing. The, the right wing uh, culture war stuff.
2: What, dude? This is the thing that you guys have a problem with: is you see us as culture warriors, but you don't see yourself as one, and you don't realize that you're on the left side of this culture war, and that this whole podcast has demonstrated that. Perfectly. Yeah, I'm on. I, I'm. I, I mean, I, yes, I, you are. You're a culture warrior too. Oh, it, Dave. Oh, okay, fine. So you're a culture <laughs> warrior too. Fine. Yeah, but I'm. The but the I, I care is, about
3: liberty in areas that go against get that nominally go against my culture war position. So do we. I get pretty pretty fucking furious at lefties. Who are straight up, I will say it, bigoted against homeschooled people. Okay. I, I those like trans the trans issue and the homeschooled issue are probably the two issues currently that I get the most genuinely emotively viscerally angry about.
2: Okay, fine. So like, but what do you think I don't challenge
3: throwing people under the bus because of their cultural bigotry?
2: Okay, so let, let, let me. I, I mean, I don't know exactly what issue to pick, but fuck all the right wingers and their warmongering with China. That shit is fucking retarded. China's not a threat to America at all. Fuck all the right. Donald Trump's a war criminal. Like, what else? I, I don't know what cultural issue you want me to talk about. Name a fucking issue. Like, uh, the, the idea that the I media is. most talk of them is, you're bad on, but. What?
3: I mean, a lot of them you're bad on. So it would. It We're would bad on little, what?
2: What like... cultural issue am I bad on?
3: Well, th- that's what I'm saying is is that you're obviously going to disagree your fat on it, but like, well, yeah, of course, like, but things probably things like out. Ab- abortion, <laughs> the trans kids, the issue with trans kids that we've been talking about, yeah, yes, immigration, no, uh, yes,
2: all you're right. I don't think so. That's it. Right I'm a result. culture warrior. I don't think children can consent, and I don't think you should be able so, to kill babies so... inside the womb. Okay, fine, but there's a long, there's a complete libertarian like argument to that. And by the way, yeah, no if one... you squint, sure. Just no, like if you squint, there's no We a think the same thing about your position. You get how. Like yeah, we're arguing you're an squinting. arbitrary, like, yeah, like <laughs> just saying you're squinting isn't an argument. It's like, no, I can actually make an argument to back up all of these things and to make the claim that the Mises caucus does not care about, dude, the first thing when we took over the party was a major push to get behind the Yemen war powers act. Then it was organizing the fucking anti-war rally about the war in Ukraine Then I'm sure you can pick out problems with all of this shit, but to act like this is a, like that all we care about is culture war shit. You got to squint. Dude, you gotta squint real fucking hard to pretend that the Mises caucus doesn't care about anti-war and Austrian economics. All, right, all right, let's keep moving let's keep closed. moving
1: all right Dave has Rogan told you not to talk to Owen Benjamin please go on the stream. I'd love to hear you discuss and the Fed he likes you know Homo real quick uh, he's coming on Tower gang tomorrow so we'll, we'll oh, probably do cool. have some unhinged rant about why Dave sucks from Owen. I don't know but
2: uh i don't think i'm gonna have a rant about how i suck. i fucking (laughs) listen man rogan's never once told me not to have a guest on and i don't know for people who know me if you think like as much as i love joe and like admire him if you think he told me to not have someone on and i wouldn't have them on for that reason that's like i don't know you don't know me um i love owen i haven't talked to him for a long time i owen can fucking give me a call he's got my number man like i don't know we haven't talked in a while i don't uh you know i it's there, I know that it's like if somebody out there, if you have like mutual, if you have two friends and one of your friend is like going real hard at the other friend and you think it's like, ah, he's a little out of pocket for doing that and he's posting videos of like his father and go like, oh, that's kind of not cool. That means I'm like, like, oh, I'm cucking to what Rogan wants or something like that. I just think is silly, but I love Owen. He's a fucking really, really smart dude and a fucking hilarious comedian who has gone down every... A uh, fucking rabbit hole i think in the last few years so i don't know
1: all right dave the gray zone confronted jamal bowman on the ukraine war supports funding but didn't know what Crimea was it's on their home page i don't know if you have any comments on that
2: I'll, I'll check it out i don't know
1: yeah uh can charles cite a single part of a bill not just say that they do that stops an adult transgender from living as they want besides the bathrooms i don't know if you want to if you got anything it's off hand I mean, it's pretty specific
3: Okay. Can you read that again? I'm, I didn't. Yeah. Quite. By the way, I'm not. I
1: don't really feel like we should necessarily hold it against you if you don't know a specific bill. But I mean, whatever. Can you cite a single part of a bill, not just say that they do that stops an adult transgender from living as they want besides the bathrooms?
3: Um. I mean, I said up? the thing just off the top of my head. The Florida bill that uh, bans you from getting hormones from a at any age getting hormones from a nurse practitioner which is 80 percent of how trans people were getting their hormones that's bans most trans people from getting hormones i mean that just got overturned but that's soft on my head oh
2: that's me. the one that was just uh, overturned right yeah like yeah, like okay. today i think yeah yeah, yeah literally actually literally. no
3: it hasn't been overturned the children's part got overturned but the reasoning it obviously applies <laughs> so as soon I'll as only give
2: gone, it to I'll kids go. So it's only the adults are restricted now.
3: That is correct. Yes. Yeah. Well,
1: that's right, we can all agree. We, we can want. all
2: agree that's ridiculous. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: All right, Dave. Thoughts on all the big political names going to Pork Fest this month? I'm sure you're going to say they're wonderful.
2: <laughs> uh, who I know RFK is going. Who else yeah, is going? I think
1: v- Maj, Scott Horton. I don't know. I could give you some smaller. Well, names Maj and Scott way.
2: those those are my guys. Um, so that's awesome. They're being there. I thought RFK going was a real interesting thing, and I think people are. Uh, People are being unfair about like uh pork fest. I, I don't even know what agreement they came to. I'm not going to be able to make it this year, but the thing about they're not being guns around or something and they're like, Oh, pork fest is cucking. And you're like, dude, they're making a voluntary agreement. This isn't actually anti-liberty. And he is a Kennedy running for president. You know, yeah, you can understand, understand why it's a little yeah. sensitive to just have a crowd full of people holding guns. I, I like to me, I was just like, I, I kind of get that request. Um, I think he's, you know, he's he's a really interesting guy and it's a very interesting uh, campaign that he's running. Um, yeah. I really loved the other day in the, uh, in the in that Twitter spaces that he came out and really uh, was the, like great on China and just how we should stop this like war posturing with them and uh, how, uh, you know, we should just kind of be in an economic com- competition with them.
1: Alright. Uh, Abrogate Authoritarians. He's one of my sponsors. 20 bucks. Appreciate it, bud. You have to do all that. Sterilizing via medication we, we previously reserved for repeat sex offenders is a good example of an irreversible change. Alright. Logic Rex. Curious as to what Charles thinks about the rising rate of detransitioners. Because that, uh, yeah, I know you brought that point up earlier.
3: Uh, I mean, like I said, like vast majority of tra- detransitioners, um, it's it's only a very, very small number who it's because they actually think that transitioning was in principle the wrong thing to do. Usually it's because of they feel like that's their that transitioning more making it more obvious that they're trans is making things harder for them socially. But even for the small number where there's uh, they really do feel like it was that they got in things too hastily, that number seems to basically go away. When you consider people who are asked to explore gender rather than uh, assuming that trans uh, being trans has to be a binary trans thing, if when you bring in the non-binary all the stuff Dave would call new shit, uh, that seems to go away.
1: All right, we got one last one from old PDQ Pete Kionas of the Pete kionas Show ask him his opinion of the January 6th protesters. And I'm obviously assuming that's going to be directed at you, Charles. Oh, I'm shocked. <laughs> um, yeah. Heroes. I mean,
2: Every one of them.
3: I mean, I don't think anybody should be president. I don't think that the, that the co- Congress or the Capitol building or whatever, I think it, it's, it's has no sacred status to me. I think it's bad to try to reinstall a president. I, I mean, but also I think it's no, people shouldn't be in prison. I don't, I mean, I'm a prison abolitionist. That includes people I think are much worse than January 6th, uh, January 6th, Uh, people of the January 6th. Uh, I think that if you're doing stuff that's kind of crazy, you should probably uh, hide your identity a little better than the January 6th protesters, but that's neither here nor there about what, how they should be treated after the fact. Well, all right.
1: Uh, I think I know we had talked about uh, t- t- hitting another topic, but we're really late in the tooth here, and uh, I do have shit to do, and I know Dave probably has to get going too. Um, so, if you guys, uh, I guess we'll start with Dave. Uh, or actually, we'll start with Charles. I don't know if you have anything you want to promote uh, now. Be the time, or you can give us a quick, real quick. You know, if you want to, a closing statement, like two minutes range kind do deal.
3: Yeah. So I'll just say the the thing that we talked about, me talking about earlier. Um, which we didn't get to, uh, which was just that, I mean, I think this whole thing is kind of a microcosm of what uh, radical critics of the Mises caucus have in mind, because it's not just the Prague caucus and all that. It's plenty of people who are radical libertarians are upset about um, whether, whether you want to say there's a libertarian argument for it. Uh, people like Dave taking the, the position, the government should be involved more than the standard libertarian position on immigration, on abortion, on trans, on trans-related issues, um, just down the line, if there's at all an argument about whether that this could be, uh, you could you could change the standard libertarian view on, and there's a way to make it more status than more state involvement in a right-wing way. That's the way that a lot of the people go, and it's not clear. So it's clear to me why someone would vote Libertarian instead of Republican or Democrat. It's not clear to me why someone would vote Green instead of Democrat, because obviously if you're Green, you think the Democrats are just down the line better than the Republicans and the ways they're bad, are at least not not as bad as Republicans. Not clear to me why the Mises Caucus version of Libertarianism, why that doesn't start to look similar uh, for the Republicans. Not saying that you are Republicans. That's stupid. I agree. But it's not clear why it's not just a a slight, uh, why why there's a similar thing that doesn't hold. And in general, it can't be Ron Paul 2.0 when the whole point of Ron Paul was kind of lay down your arms in the culture war, this cooperative ethos, when from day one, goal of the Mises caucus seems to be libertarian infighting. And even this late into the takeover, notably called a takeover, that it's that there's still all this talk about about other libertarians, et cetera, et cetera. It's not, there's a lot of the folk. It is not the kind of focus you would expect for a Ron Paul 2.0 of bringing people together to take on the state. And I think that's a fundamental thing that you need to come to terms with.
1: All right, Dave, and uh, you can promote whatever you got to, and then give a little
2: Um, closing. Look, man, I, uh, (laughs) The, the libertarian infighting, I mean, I guess it's always existed to some degree. Although for me, uh, during the Ron Paul days, I really didn't think it was that high. I mean, not in the libertarian party. The, the movement at that point was in the Republican Party. The libertarian uh, infighting uh, really uh, started with um, the previous regime trying to like character assassinate Ron Paul and Lou Rockwell and Jeff Deist and Tom Woods and all of these great people who many of us consider heroes. And that activated a lot of us to join the party to take it over. And we did overwhelmingly. And the fact that the libertarian infighting has continued since then, I mean, you would lay that at the feet of the Mises Caucus, but believe me, if we had lost, it's not as if there wouldn't be a lot of people leaving the party or a lot of people upset or that infighting wouldn't have continued. And so, you know, whatever. Uh, it, in terms of, like, uniting people to take on the state, yeah, that's the challenge. And um, certainly the old guard wasn't successful at doing it, and um, we have not been yet, but that's our challenge. And that's uh, that's what we're we're here to do. Um, it, the idea that the... I, I think that, look, we all have our, our biases um, and we all come to this with our priors, but it is interesting to me that the people who think all the Mises Caucus cares about are the culture wars, I think are the ones who are really allergic to the fact that the Mises Caucus is divorcing libertarianism from all this woke shit that is not a part of it is not deduced from our first principles, and there's no reason why we should attach ourselves to it. You know, you made the point about, like, why would a Green vote against the Democrat, or why would someone, you know, a Mises caucus-type vote against the Republicans? The truth is, why would anyone who believes in any of this woke shit even be looking for a radical alternative Uh, to the system i mean your your views on transgenderism charles you got like uh political parties uh behind you you got every major corporation behind you you got all of hollywood behind you you have incredible powerful institutions even the ones you hate are all trying to push this same message the cia and raytheon are running commercials about how inclusive they are to trans people so i think there's the 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 type of people who are going to be dissidents against this regime are far more likely to be uh, uh To find it appealing, if we divorce ourselves from this stuff, which I think we should, the idea that the Mises Caucus is not committed to the anti-war message, to uh, abolishing central banks, to abolishing state control on all types of different levels, it just, it just You'd have to just not be paying attention at all to what any. I agree with that last point.
3: Just to be clear, I agree with you on the last point. That's not my issue.
2: Okay, well, there's a you'd have to not be paying attention to not see that all of the influential people within the Mises Caucus and the Mises Caucus adjacent kind of groups are are all completely on board with that, and um, the idea that we're just. Um, <laughs> Like only concerned with culture war issues, I just—it's just—it's not reality. I don't know. It's a caricature of us, in fact. And um, I'm actually—I've been on record as saying RFK is my favorite presidential candidate right now from the major parties. We're—we're the people who are out there arguing. I'm the guy who's on Fox News saying Donald Trump should be locked in jail for war crimes and that he should never be forgiven for you know giving America Fauci for all of 2020. We are very different than the Republicans in many ways. And the truth is, and this is, I'll, I'll leave on this, but it's something that really is interesting that flies in the face of this narrative that's painted about the, the Mises caucus. But the truth is that despite the paleo libertarians who hate us for this and the people pursuing the paleo strategy, the Mises Caucus was basically made up of a bunch of people like myself who joined the Republican Party only because of the Ron Paul campaigns of 2008 and 2012. I was never a Republican. I joined them to vote against the Republicans to vote for Ron Paul. And we left in 2016 when the Ron Paul campaign collapsed and Donald Trump won. And we realized this wasn't a home for us and we needed somewhere else uh, to be. So. There were, you know, we we've had a year here with this Mises Caucus project. We we got a lot of work to do. I'm certainly not denying that. Um, but you know, the idea that because we don't think kids can consent and uh, like abortion is libertarian, I I don't think. Uh, discounts any of that other stuff i will say i know i I apologize if i got a little bit heated uh during this whole thing i do very much appreciate charles uh coming in here in into the lion's den to some degree and having this exchange uh so you've earned my respect sir and uh thank you jose for hosting us very quickly very very quickly i was i was talking to a friend of mine and i told him when i was going down to tampa and i was like oh i got a crew of my friends coming out and i mentioned jose was coming out and he goes oh he's the okc guy right so I thought I'd tell you that. That's pretty cool. You're like known <laughs> as that now. They go, "Oh, he's the guy who told me about OKC." That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I had a lot of yeah. autists trying to grab my ear in that uh, tight little area. <laughs> 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 it's like I don't really have the time to give a rundown to each of one of you individually, but uh, it, it was a ni- it was nice. It was a great, great. time. I had like just people go check out your show. I uh, do want to you know, echo the sentiment. It was cool for you to come here, Charles. Uh, I did try to do my best to be unbiased. I know I got a little bit involved at the end. I couldn't hold my tongue any longer, but uh, I do want to let you guys know, uh, if you do want to check out more of my work, I just had a piece published, uh, my Kenneth Trinity Didn't Kill Himself piece published in Garrison Magazine, uh, the Journal of History and Deep Politics, also Richard Booth is in that one as well, so go check that out, I'll probably put that in the video description tonight or tomorrow. Uh, if you want to find an easier way to get it, but uh, yeah, if you want to follow me on Twitter at Tower Gang Jose, uh, this is the No Way Jose show. Uh, YouTube on Major Aparajit Joshi as well. Probably dropping all the other stuff tomorrow because it's already late. But uh, you know, you can find it on YouTube right now. Shit around all that good stuff. Uh, thanks for everyone coming, and with that, we are out.